Leadership Matters, a podcast hosted by me, Steve Parker. This is a series that brings a fresh perspective to leadership, motivation, and how to succeed by talking to a diverse range of CEOs, business managers, world-class talent. We also offer some personal tips to help you in your career. Each episode aims to provide a snapshot into the life and philosophy of some of Taiwan and the world's most successful leaders. And to find out more about why leadership matters. Super happy today to have Robert Jordan uh, in the studio. Robert is the CEO of Interim Execs, which is a company that matches top executives with companies around the world. He just told me he's matched over 7,000 leaders with the right positions around the world. Based on his research with thousands and thousands of leaders and companies, um, he and Olivia Wagner wrote a book called The Right Leader, Right Time, Discover Your Leadership Style for Winning Career and Company, and have launched the FABS Leadership Assessment, which is a free assessment that they put out at rightleader.com designed to help leaders find the right kind of matching process. So he described himself to me as a matchmaker, which I think is a really nice way to put it. Um, Super interesting to meet up with him today. I I just wonder, Robert, it's great to have you here, but just what what was the motivation behind writing this book? Thanks, Steve. It, It was both something really negative and something really positive. So the negative was that, as you said, we've been approached. We haven't matched. We've been we've been approached by about seven thousand executives from fifty countries, and the vast majority of executives, regardless of country, are having leadership journeys, career experiences that are not. Oh my gosh, this is incredible! They could be okay or pretty good, but not over the top. And the flip side was that over so many years, we saw the top two, three, 4% who were doing incredible, amazing things. And because we have a ringside seat, when we place an executive, we're talking to the board, we're talking to the owners. How's it going? How's the team? How's the executive doing? And we're talking to the executive. How's it going? And overwhelmingly, they're doing great. And we would then say, well, why? How? Tell us more. And we identified four distinct styles of leadership. Because we were seeing so much failure, and at the same point, this incredible excellence, we thought, we have to write about this. And primarily, we have to write about it for people who are younger in their careers and leadership journeys, because there are some glaringly obvious things that many leaders get wrong. You know, I'm really curious about the, you know, what are the the types? And, uh, and of course, I'm going to try and find myself in this. Sure. And just, uh, just to be clear, Steve... Um, my, my own experience is built on a mountain of failure, including my first company. Um, I, I'm highly entrepreneurial. I started the uh, first magazine in the world that covered online and internet. I started at age 26 and I went bust, bankrupt by age 28. So I'm going to call myself a keen student. Uh, I've done better and better in business over time, but uh, <laughs> that, was, that was based on very hard experience. Uh, so the four, the four leadership styles are fixer, artist, builder, and strategist, F-A-B-S, or FABS for short. How did you start to identify these different kind of niches and different areas? And how, how, how radically different are these people? There was a lot of discovery. One of the, we had done a book with champion company founders uh, before this. It was called How They Did It. Uh, and... 
one of the executives in the book, apropos of nothing, out of the blue, he said to me, you know, if I put a fixer into one of my companies and it isn't broken, he'll break it just so he can fix it. And that stayed with me for years, which is, it, it was just, it, it made perfect sense, but it was kind of like, what? So when we started having the experience years ago of placing executives into companies, there were clear distinctions. For example, when a company would show up that was an utter crisis, you needed a particular kind of leader to solve that crisis, obvious label fixer. There's a kind of energy in the world. Everyone knows who Elon Musk is. That is a completely creatively driven leader. And he's a standout example, but you know, many of us are driven from an innovative point of view. If you view the world as a blank canvas, as a piece of clay to be molded, you've got artist energy in you. Builder. Builder has market domination on the brain. Market is mantra for the builder. And I know every person in business is, oh, gee, I'm a great builder. Got it. We mean it in a very specific sense, which is there are people who love to take small team beginning product, beginning service, and move it to a point of market domination. And when it achieves some kind of scale, they tend not to want to stick around with it. They tend to want to do it again. That is builder leadership style. Strategist. Strategist is the leader at scale. Strategist is the leader of complex and incredibly large organizational size where you have gone way beyond what Stephen Covey called personal span of control. Other kinds of leaders, fixers, artists, builders, tends to be there in teams, 10 people, 50 people, 200 people. There are personal relationships that are relied upon and they're valuable. The strategist is at scale and cannot rely on personal relationships to get everything done. How do you move an organization that has 10,000 people better than your competitors? That's strategist. In your experience, have you found that there, I mean, are people elements of all of these things? I mean, can you be a builder? Can you be a strategist? Can you have, you know, and then I guess my next question for you is, you know, in your experience, can, can you, can you, you know, how, how do you develop these skills if at all possible? Uh, well, first of all, we would never pigeonhole a leader and say, you are only this one thing. It's just not true. We are all combinations of abilities because a leader is called upon in so many different ways. The, the analogy we like is DNA, highly successful leaders. What we found about FAB's leaders is they tend to reject what is not for their highest and best use. It's very easy to say, it's very hard to do. It's very hard early on in a person's career because they need the money, they need the job. And so, Early on, we're all doing things that are less differentiated. But what happens over time, and you know, we all know people who are earlier in career, later in career, is that successful people, there is a path that becomes discernible and differentiated. And that's what we're saying. You know, the question I always come back to is hey, this self-awareness, right? I mean, if you're a leader and you're not the leader for that moment, that's it. That's got to be a super tough. Yeah. Because if it's coming from a scarcity mindset, which is there are no other jobs out there. Yes, that would be fatal. 
that's not the way the world is anymore, right? Uh, Reid Hoffman, for example, the founder of LinkedIn, you know, he started giving speeches to employees years ago to the effect of saying, uh, we know this is just a tour of duty for you. We know for most of you, you're not staying here your whole career. Now think about how radically different that is from prior generations. You know, I'm from the U.S. and, you know, I'm sure people that went to work for General Motors thought they're going to spend their whole career there. That's not the way the world is anymore. And so for many, for most workers in the world, professionals, they're going to have careers that are varied and diverse based on their own expertise and desires. And it is not that they're going to be forced or have to stay with one company. If it was still the old model, what we're talking about would not work. This kind of differentiation only applies because the world is the way that it is now. But do you think, is there a time when you need to identify and say, I'm not the right leader for this moment? And how do you make, you know, how, 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 can, how can what you've done help us inform that? It's a great question. One of the key differentiators we think of great leaders, as we say great fabs leaders, is they collaborate on steroids. Now, everyone at work says, I'm a great collaborator. Well, it's just not true. It's not. And what, what comes from not great collaboration is, you know, it's paranoia, it's lack of confidence. It's, oh, they're going to see that I'm not great at everything. Oh, they're going to fire me. All of, all of these kinds of things that don't advance anyone, right? What happens when someone starts achieving success, we think is, they tend to double down within their expertise. They also tend to be better collaborators because they're not afraid of the fact that someone else is better than them at some function of the team. And frankly, they relish it. And that is what is needed of great leadership is better collaboration. So if you have better collaboration going on, you've got more self-insight, which is going on. And I would just say this is something to strive for, something for all of us. I'm, I'm not immune to this. This is not something that, uh, you know, all of a sudden, well, to your earlier point, which is like, oh, I'm going to be I'm going to be just great at everything. I'm talking about years of, of trial and failure uh, leading into coming to something better. You know, we, we uh, did not identify many successful leaders who kind of ran the gamut of fixer, artist, builder, strategist. One of the standout examples, I think, is Fred Smith, the founder of Federal Express, FedEx. Clearly, he was an artist when he decided to write a paper in school on overnight delivery. I think, I don't know if the joke was he got a C. He starts it up, you know, these stories are legendary. He, he couldn't meet payroll. He goes to Las Vegas to gamble to get the payroll. I mean, a lot of fixer energy, right? Clearly FedEx, you know, dominant organization builder. And he successfully stayed 51 years. How far out of the, the, the mean, how many standard deviations off is that uh, for most senior leaders? But he arrived at a point of strategist, strategist in charge of an incredibly complex, large organization. Most of us don't need to do that to be successful. There's no going around the horn here where you have to hit, hit every stop in order to have success. I think what is called for is as you come to more and more self-awareness and discovery, 
to simply embrace who you are. And that's not easy. Very easy to say, hard to do. I am so artist wired. And that is built on so many creative attempts that failed. And, and gradually coming to awareness, which is, this is just the way that I'm wired and I need to go with it. And accept that we write about this a lot about artists in the book is failure is, is part and parcel of it. And the world accepts failure from artist leaders far more than the other styles. That's the saving grace of that one as well. How do you, I mean, I, I guess you don't really do this, but through your book, you're wanting to help people, maybe guide them towards understanding a little bit more about who they are personally. Absolutely. Right? Get in touch with your. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. How, absolutely. And I have to say, Steve, sorry for interrupting you, but you're reminding me of a line from Ernest Hemingway. Uh, he said, life breaks everyone. And for the lucky, it, it, it makes them stronger at the broken places. I don't know which book he wrote that in, but, but you know, this, this idea that any of us is flawless, perfect or whatever is such a fiction. Right. And clearly Absolutely. not a, and not a way to lead because it's not authentic and everyone can see through it. How, how do people go through and identify honestly, honestly look at themselves and say, okay, this is the kind of leader I am, you know, find out the bits where they want to double down, find out the bits where maybe they need to outsource, you know, I'm not a strategist. So, you know, let me get a really good operational manager or a, or a great visionary person who can help me in this area. How, how do you go about identifying that stuff? The differences in leadership style are, we, we write about this a lot. They're, they're so vast. You could drive a truck through the differences. I, I'll give you an example because there's a kind of self-discovery that goes on that's different for the four. Okay. The, the young worker, the person's first, second job, whatever, they're smart, they show up on time, they're hardworking, blah, blah, blah. And, and in an organization, someone says, you know, this is a really bright person and we have a problem in this other division or we have a problem with this other client or we've got a problem in London. Let's go throw this person at it and see what happens. And the person goes in and they crack the code, takes a month, takes a year, takes two years, solve the client relationship, solve the division problem or whatever it is. And that person is hooked. That person loved being thrown into a challenge that frankly no one else could solve and they did. That's in a way how we define fixer energy, which is it's that repeat kind of adrenaline rush. So for example, for myself, I have to solve problems you know, work constantly, but it's not where I get my energy. If it is where you get your energy and you need to go back into the next burning fire, take note. It means that you are drawn to extreme crisis, to situations other people cannot solve. Honor it. The language, I'll give you a contrast, is strategist leader. Strategist leaders tend to stay with one organization longer. You will hear strategist leaders talk very differently from other styles. They talk about gratitude towards an organization. They talk about loyalty. They talk about being mentored. They talk about mentoring other people, even if they're no longer at the same company. They talk about cross-functionality and cross-training. Radically different language. You're not going to hear many artist leaders or fixer leaders talking about loyalty to an organization. Please. They have other things on their minds. The artist leader 
is so conflicted because they're normally the renegade. They're the outsider. They're the oddball. You know, Andy Grove, the arguably the best CEO Intel ever had, he described one of his leaders as a wild duck. And we interviewed the wild duck. He wrote a book. His name is Avram Miller. And he was the first head of Intel Venture Capital. And he was incredibly creative and a renegade. And Andy Grove realized you needed someone on the team who was not just going to be a yes man or woman, who was not just going to agree with everyone. You had someone who was just going to come out with stuff out of left field. These are indicators, I think, for all of us in terms of figuring out exactly how am I wired. And it's not necessarily easy to embrace it. I don't want to make it sound easy. I have always been creatively uh, moved, in many cases, to my detriment. Not advancing career and money and fame and all of that, but simply because it's the way that I'm wired. I think that's true for a lot of of what it comes to embrace who you are. And that takes time. So with, with the kind of styles of leadership that you've seen over the years, are there are there kinds of leadership styles that just don't mix you know you can't put them on the same canvas because they're going to clash or they're the wrong color palette or whatever it is well the the polite phrase is complementary styles uh so for example (laughs) my my co-author and i my co-author olivia wagner she's also my business partner and uh the polite thing we would say is we have complementary styles you want to put another way we are opposites and We've made it work, I think, far more effectively building a business uh, than if we had been the same. But it it could have come out some other way, but we are in no ways similarly wired. And uh, I think part of it is just, you know, do you come to appreciate people for their strengths? If you feel threatened by them, well, good luck being in a high-performing team, you know. Um, But if you can come to appreciate other people for their strengths, Oh my gosh, you can go so much further. It's not just talk that that organizations that can take um, more diverse input, different kinds of employees and managers and leaders perform better. There's absolutely said, you know, evidence that, for example, when a board appoints more women, their results improve. And there are studies in banking already. The more women serving on a board, the bank will do better. Right. I, so I think where, where it comes to a leadership, though, is if you're a leader and you're a certain style, um, you've also got to learn how to respect the other styles of leadership around you. Right. I mean, do you ha- has your research borne out how people can move towards an understanding? And a, you, ha- you said you have a complementary relationship with your business partner. Right. I mean, that's over years of working together, I imagine. Um, I'm sure it hasn't always been exactly, you know, the perfect <laughs> situation it is today. How, you know, what's your advice for people in trying to build up this rapport or, uh, or a complementary relationship with people that are different to them? It's a great question, Steve. You know, the, the book so far, we've done a lot of interviews, but I also recognize they're all anecdotal. It's not yet science, which is part of why we're launching the FABS Leadership Assessment to build science and validity around this. I will tell you that what we heard 
from a lot of leaders when we described this model of fixer artist builder strategist is, for example, we heard from multiple strategist leaders, leading organizations, complex, thousands of employees. Most of them would say, you know, of the four, they would say, well, early in my career, I was more a fixer. And then I, you know, and they say, yeah, I'm clearly strategist. A um, lot of respect for artist leaders. We heard from a number of strategist leaders who would say, it's not me. Does not tend to be that, you know, innovation is the strong point, which makes sense in terms of advancing in complex organizations and cross training and cross functionality. It just doesn't go with, with the same as the, the uh, creatively led leader. But we always heard a lot of respect. It was kind of the Andy Grove school of thinking, which is, boy, you better have it around you. You better have that, that because otherwise you're going to stall out. And there's just no industry, country, uh, nothing is immune now to the next disruptive change. And we all see this. AI and machine learning are penetrating every single industry. And that's a, that's a quantum leap um, in terms of what is possible going on. And then you have all kinds of, you know, the modern world throws crises at all of us, which requires a more nimble leadership response, or I would say team response. It's not just one individual. I mean, we thought we had everything thrown at us with COVID and really caused a profound worldwide kind of change in mindset. But look at what's happened since then. We have deglobalization. You know, we actually, there are front page stories all around the world of, gee, would Putin lob a tactical nuclear weapon on Ukrainian soil? We're really having this conversation here 60 years after the Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, in the U.S., there's a panel that now says every individual under the age of 65 should be screened for anxiety. Right. We're all experiencing levels of of anxiety, loneliness that that are kind of off the charts. I was just in London. Same kind of thing. So we face we face situations which absolutely bleed over into business, no matter what business you're in that challenge all of us more. And I think what it requires is more of a human response. And and not, you know, I against the world, but more kind of how can I support the people around me and how can they support me? This is a, this is a, I mean, I, I'm listening to this and I'm kind of thinking I could really wish that I could go back and relive my career <laughs> and kind of, you know, learn. I just wanted to kind of summarize a couple of things that I've heard from you. One of the first things I heard from you very early on was like, just, you know, admit failure, right? This is something I think that all successful leaders kind of talk about. And you came out of the gate, just like, you know, you know, I've, I've uh, messed up, I've done things, I've learned from them and I've moved on. I, these different styles of leadership that you've identified over obviously a very long career of placing people um, is super useful, you know, no kind of personally know who you are, but also for an organization or for the other people in that organization, identify and know what kind of leaders you've got, what kind of people you've got. Uh, and the last thing I've heard kind of between the lines here is this, is this idea of, you know, learn when it's time to go. You know, I've heard you mention a couple of people that have kind of, they've done things, they've been achieving things, and maybe they haven't realized themselves that it's time to move on. You know, we can improve this company and make growth, but you as an individual, 
need to be thinking about what the path is that you're on. I would just say one final thought. We all want to be on high-performing teams, and it's far more likely they're going to perform well if we are having authentic relationship, authentic conversations with each other, which means learning more about your particular style. If your wiring is more artist, if mine is more fixer, to know each of us better means we are going to understand how to function better together. It's all to the good. And that's a great place to finish up. Robert Jordan, thank you very much for your time this morning. Thanks, Steve. It's been a pleasure. You can listen to this podcast on the fourth Monday of every month on ICRT and after that on the ICRT website, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Leadership Matters by Stephen Parker. You can also check out my social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, everything. We'll see you next time.